All right, what is going on? Uh, on today's show, we're going to start a series. I got onto t- to Twitter recently and saw some people had reached out about you know me doing more shows or letting people know more about how to become a pro, how to do this legitimately long-term, either for a living or just how to make more money doing this. So I thought it was a good time of the year, kind of slower in July for the next couple of weeks on Wednesdays. So Wednesdays only, next couple of weeks, we'll be doing a How to Become a Pro series on the show. And so let's just start off today with some basics. This is part one today. Uh, Part one is going to be the base, like what you need going in, all the basics you need before you think about anything else going into sports betting. So let's just start off right here. I've got five main things. And uh, number one, I know this is, let's just get this out of the way because I know no one likes this one. But to me, this is inevitable. And I also want to clarify this. All of this stuff is my own opinion, my own experience. There are many ways to become a professional. This is one of them. This has worked for me these next couple Wednesdays in the series. This is what I've done. And I 100% believe this is repeatable, but there's many ways to do this. This isn't the way. This is my way and how I know how to do it. So anyway, all right, five main things. Number one, let's get this out of the way, the math. Okay, now whenever I talk about math, I know you all start to freak out when you hear this. And I understand why. Like no one seems to like doing math or statistics, but... The, the reality is, I believe, you unfortunately don't have much of a chance to win long term unless you're using some kind of math, ideally some kind of complex math system. You know, I, I just I've been doing this long enough and I've tried. Trust me, I've tried different ways. I don't think looking at ESPN or any other, you know, even if you have all these access to different analytics websites and if you bet college basketball and use Ken Palm and if you bet college football and you use five different paid sources, like even those I don't believe are enough. You have to have your own way of looking at things. And, you know, again, this is kind of like the sad reality. That's why I'm starting with this. Just get it out of the way because no one likes to hear this. But I just think that, after doing this for such a long time, you, we have to remember a couple things. This is a multiplayer game. Okay, when we bet sports, it's not us versus the sports book; it's us versus the sports book as well as everyone who's bet before us. Which, for the majority of, of people listening right now, that's a ton of reputable sports bettors who are moving the line, moving the number. You know, I mean, I mean, we're talking people betting the NFL on Monday morning when most of you are betting it on Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, so. It's a multiplayer game, and and we have to remember that. So if you want to win, you have to fight fire with fire, in my opinion. And what that means is you have to do what sports books and sports bettors are doing to get the number they think is bettable or not bettable. Because you looking at yards after catch on ESPN, you are so far behind. If you don't approach it with some sort of math, you're lost. So here's how you can, if if you if this sounds like not a great start for you. Here's how you can uh, 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 incorporate math. You can either learn for yourself. Well, that's what I chose to do. Most people don't want to do that. Okay. So there's two other options. You can either partner with someone who, you know, partners with someone who you meet, uh, who knows math, who can help you build a program, or you can also pay someone, right? You can go to anywhere online like Fiverr or uh, what's the other one? Upwork, you can find people to like do this for you. So you can certainly pay other people to do this. Now, it's not it doesn't have to be super complex. I it's it's ideal that the further you go it gets more and more complex, but if you don't want to do that stuff and you want to do this yourself but don't want to get really crazy with it, 
I think it's okay to do something as easy as take your three favorite stat sites, you know, like your three favorite sites that have good statistics, maybe even advanced stats, and make your own average of the three. Start making your own numbers and own predictions and own statistics with averages and collections of other stats. It's the easiest way to get going if you really don't know where else to start. But, you know, I've said this before, and, and I don't mean to bring it up for any other reason just to let you all know where I'm coming from, but I do, I am a data scientist. I've been studying now. I'm still in school, you know, for this stuff. I've been doing it for years. And I, I did it because I got to the, to the realization that I wasn't using math enough and I wasn't winning enough because of this very reason. I, 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 th- I was betting on speculation. I was betting on whims. I was betting on certain things I thought existed. But once you learn how to use and manipulate data, the, 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 the game opens up for you. Sports betting becomes so different. So you've got to be able to use math in a complex way. And I think it needs to be very complex. So I'm just going to put that out there. Everything else is going to be, it's not going to be that, you know, freak you out that much, but that's number one. You got to have some way of incorporating math. All right. Number two, you have to have the ability to be as neutral and unbiased and clear minded as possible when handicapping, when you're watching games and when you're reviewing games, it may be the most important when you're, when you're reviewing your own handicaps. And what I mean by this is there's going to be a lot of things that we talk about either in this podcast or other podcasts in this series where it's up to us to approach it from a, as non-biased a point of view as we can. You know, we'll talk about things like not being a fan and, and understanding, you know, uh, uh, what it's like to be overcome when you're betting on your own team or looking at stats or a lot of us decide who we want to bet before we actually dive in. And then all these other stats that we do are just trying to, you know, uh, uh, what, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? Just sort of like like back up our own knowledge already, like prove what we already think we know. You know, if the if the Broncos are playing the Chargers, most of us know who we want to bet on. So we start handicapping, and most of the information we find, we look at through a biased lens because we know who we want to bet on, either consciously or subconsciously. So this has been one of the biggest things that I think has helped me, having the ability to shed that fandom. You know, to get rid of the idea that I grew up as a Broncos fan and I watched the Rockies as a kid growing up and all that stuff because if you approach things either really skeptical about your team or really really optimistic about your team, it's going to skew the way you look at things. And this happens all across the board. I'm sure most of you aren't a fan of like Oklahoma football or you know, the, the Cleveland Browns, but Baker Mayfield is a polarizing figure. So you don't have to be a fan of a team to let an individual sway you one way or another or bias you one way or another. So I think that number two is way overlooked and not enough people talk about this. You have to approach sports betting as unbiased and neutral and clear-minded as possible. Otherwise, you're going to get killed, in my opinion. So I know it's sort of like an ambiguous thing, but I think that's very important for people to have and for people to remember as they're going through some of these other bullet points. So that's the, those are the first two, math, and then what I just said, have the ability to be as unbiased as possible. All right, number three, you've got to have knowledge of the market. And if you've been listening to the show now for a while, I believe that you do have good knowledge of the market. We talk about this a lot. But that this, this includes knowing how lines are made, knowing why and how lines move, uh, knowing why sports books make the decisions they do and why other sports bettors make the decisions that they do. 
You know, we have to know why books open lines the way they do. We have to know why. How are we supposed to find a good line or find a cheap line if we don't know how the sports books are doing what they're doing? Right? Reverse engineering is a big deal in this. And how are we supposed to know if, if you know, what other sports or what other sports betters are thinking if we just blindly see a line's going from two to three and we don't know why it's going from two to three or who's making that move? So no knowledge of the market is really, really important. And in that, I'll actually say making your own lines. Because if you know how the market works, you know how lines are made, you can make your own lines. So knowledge of the market's very, very important. How lines are made, why lines move, how lines move why sports books and other sports bettors are making their decisions, and then how to make your own lines. Number four, I think that you've, and this, this is getting a little less important, number four, but I think that you do have to know the sport that you're betting on a, a pretty healthy amount. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be an expert. As a matter of fact, being an expert could be a big negative, and we'll get there in a second, but knowing the sport is very important because you have to handicap. And you have to be able to judge your own handicap. This goes back to kind of being unbiased. When, when we handicap a game and we really crush that game, we have to know, we, we have to go back and say, okay, well, how was the handicap? We can't just take for granted that because we won by a lot of points, the handicap was great. I, I'll tell you, uh, you know, dozens of times where I have made a bet. I have destroyed that bet, right? Maybe like a minus three football bet and we win by, win by four touchdowns, but you still have to go back and, and, and there's been a ton of times where I, what I was saying is there's been dozens of times where I've killed a line and I've killed a number and my team has won by a lot. And I've gone back and been like, damn, that wasn't a great handicap. I mean, you answer me this, okay? You may be saying, how does that ever happen? I'll give you an example of how that that happens. Answer me this. If you handicap a game and here's your end handicap, here's your approach to you betting on the game. You say, I like team A minus or I like team A uh, plus three over team B. And the reason is, I don't think there's going to be any points scored this game. I think there's going to be so few points scored that three is going to be so powerful that, I mean, I don't see either team getting to 16, 17 points, right? And so you have team A plus three over team B. Well, let's say team A wins 55 to 54 and you cover your spread and you were right. Is your handicap correct? No, your handicap was dead wrong. You thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. That's why you made the bet. Just because you happen to win the bet doesn't make that a good handicap. So you've got to be able to go back and handicap your own handicap. And that also includes handicapping the sport, what happened that game, did the quarterback make any good moves, bad moves, things that we can project going forward. How was the goaltending? How was the coaching? All that stuff. You have to kind of know if you're going to watch the game, watch, you know, handicap the game, recap the game, and recap your own handicap of, of, the, <laughs> of the game. So, you know, again, I don't think this is as big of a deal. When I first started betting the Premier League, Premier League, I didn't know a whole lot about it. And I actually believe that helped me initially. Now, I knew a lot about soccer, but not a lot about the players or the coaches, things like that, which helped me because I wasn't so stuck on only betting on Man City and never betting on, you know, whoever, Southampton at the time. Like, when you watch the sports so much and you become someone, such an adamant fan, the downside of being a fan is that fans are way more likely to get sucked into the, to the common narratives they can't escape from, you know? And then they end up betting on or against those narratives. That's why the favorites get bet so often, especially by the public. The public watches ESPN. They watch all the games. They know all the players. And they'd, you know, to a fan who watches every game and is an expert, they, they have the mentality of, Oh, that team sucks. It can never be them. And so, you know, if the favorite's six, seven, eight, nine points, I'll take the favorite 
probably just tease them down with another game and just take the favorite. So, so that's the downside of being a huge fan. You get blinded because of these narratives that fans, by definition, get drawn into. So, you know, like I said earlier, disengaging as a fan has been one of the best moves and best things for my, my betting and my handicapping. You know, and I'm not, I'm not a, a, an expert at that yet because I still have a bias like anybody else, but I do my best to learn and know everything about all sports and, and, and try and shed that. So either way, um, uh, by the way, I'm doing a such a great deep dive this offseason on soccer tactics, like soccer approaches, mid-game tactics, what all these different coaches like to run. It's been awesome so far. So either way, you have to know the sport, in my opinion. You have to at least watch the games and know the sport, not necessarily the players, the coaches, but you've got to know what you're watching when you're recapping. So uh, that's number one, math. Number two, uh, have the ability to be unbiased. Number three, have knowledge of the market. Number four, you've got to know the sport. And then finally, number five, this is one's easy. You've got to have some money. And now easier said than done. That's maybe the hardest one, <laughs> right, to actually do. But once you do all this, you got to have some money. you got to have a big bankroll built up because you got to be able to withstand the losses. Now, kind of going back to knowledge of the market, if you really do have knowledge of the market, I'm assuming you have knowledge of statistics, probability, and how the market works. Therefore, you know that you're not going to get rich in one year or even a couple of years doing this. You're going to have a lot of wins. You're going to have a lot of losses. It's about long term. That's what this is all comes down to. So you have to have some money built up with all this. So this was part one of how to become a pro. Next Wednesday, we'll kind of dive in to all these things a little bit more and go in detail for how to actually step-by-step step become a pro. And by the end of the series, hopefully I give everyone out there who wants to know, wants the information, plenty of information and a great jumping off point for doing this yourself. So appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow for on Sports Betting Daily.